nobody knows what you are. I was concerned about going out into the world and doing something bigger than myself until someone smarter than myself made me realize there is nothing bigger than myself. If you don't believe, nobody else is going to believe. To get something you never had, you have to do something you never did. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode by your boys, the Paper Trolls podcast. I'm your host, Marky, and today I'm joined by a very, very special guest, especially in the Somali community. She goes by the name Fadumo, who is a Sky Sports journalist, and we're more than happy to have you on. And thank you very much for, for taking the time out to actually come on, come out here and, and, and talk to us. No, don't worry. It's all good. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, no, of course, of course. And um, of course, you do amazing things at the moment, and we'll definitely get kind of get into that. Uh, but first, I kind of want everyone to know just a bit of your background uh you know when it comes to reading because this is a books based book based podcast um as well as creativity to be fair doesn't necessarily just have to be books but what was the first i would say like sort of book that had the most i guess impact on on you uh i think i definitely i can't like remember that far back which i feel like a little bit but um i'd probably say like that i had a very i guess probably the norm somali background of coming um from team scandinavia slash holland in the early 2000s yeah exactly (laughs) on the bus was it sweden no it was denmark denmark okay that's interesting yeah yeah, so I came from like 2004. So, yeah, reading books was definitely big in my household. Yeah. My mum was very much of the opinion, like, you guys need to learn English and you need to learn it well. Like, my kids are Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, as, as the Somali mom is. So, I, I think um, definitely, like, just, I don't know, maybe this is, like, not one to admit, but, like, just, you know, really standard, like, kids, teen books, like, anything, yeah, Jack yeah. Yeah, anything like yeah, Manu, yeah. and Harry Potter, like, very... Yeah nerdy neaky stuff um any, any twilight like, definitely twilight definitely twilight, <laughs> <laughs> definitely twilight. Um, yeah. very shamelessly admitted to i did read them quite a few times in i think it's good market research for the films just no of course yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, a few times the books yeah is that is that bad to admit <laughs> no 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that's fine. Um, yeah, no, we've had a few like, twilight fans on here to be fair yeah um probably i am I do have the habit of reading like a lot of books again and again. So like Mallory Blackman was like like Noughts and Crosses, Boys Don't Cry, yeah. those type of books, which I think I I do remember reading quite a few times. Um, which I think shows a lot for my lack of memory because it feels new every time I end up reading. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or you could just be really enjoying it. Oh, that is true. Or I could really enjoy it. Or Tyler Tristani's books are also quite good. So like just I wouldn't say very fictional based stuff. So really yeah. Like, in your own world, none of it's true, but it's fun. Yeah. Um, and I so also to escape to. Yeah, and I also like the idea of like, I don't know, maybe it's like the creativeness, but you know, like the idea of like, how has someone even come up with this and made yeah, it? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How did? How have you got this yeah. in your head? I don't understand. So like I, all I, of this stuff, like, especially the ones where they build the whole new world. Like, uh, I guess, like for example, Harry Potter is one because it's like. But then again, it's kind of mixed of school and like real life and stuff like that. But like something like yeah. uh, uh, Lord of the Rings, where it's all made up and the guy goes into like doing tribes and genealogies and who's the son of who and this and that. And then it's like, oh, wow, <laughs> this this guy, is he's either really 
into it or he's just his mind is just something else yeah exactly it's, it's like a, a cross between crazy and just very creative i feel like this like yeah yeah i think that was definitely my into books which like naturally helped with like language and yeah communication skills so like just picking up the english language very quickly and stuff like that so yeah. i think naturally as i got older and probably to everyone's like relief i got out of those like very <laughs> nice books and just got into like i guess a bit self-development and you know growing up yeah, but I, I always feel like, obviously, the self-development books are really, really good. But I feel like you can also just, you can learn about yourself just as much from a good fictional book that you like. Yeah. Um, especially if characters are grounding to it. Um, like, for example, I always reference Lord of the Rings, but for me, that was, like, at one point, everything. Um, yeah. Like, from the characters to who they were, how they were, uh like I really took on board some of their personality traits yeah. um, but one thing that I have to say is that especially I would say among the Somali sisters they they're like way more into reading I've noticed than yeah. Somali guys yeah like it, it is like a massive massive difference between uh kind of from what I've seen as well and obviously I, I, you might not know the reason to it all but it's kind of like, uh, what would you say would be one of the reasons for that? Oh, God, that's a really hard one. Um, yeah, <laughs> just put you on, you're, now you're the voice for every Somali. All Somalis in the world. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I don't, I'm not entirely sure, I would say. I feel like a lot of books yeah. or a lot of genres cater to that, like, romance, novice type of narrative. And yeah. I think it's like a... You say deep down inside, they're all just yeah, romantics. Yeah, are like a sucker for like <laughs> romance story. I think, or like something that themes of like friendship or themes of things that like yeah. genuinely. Not that I say that guys aren't interested in friendship, but probably not yeah. mentioned in like Jacqueline Wilson's books and Tracy Beatty's yeah. other books. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe that's probably why. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I also maybe think like it's just who you're exposed to because the people I know in my life. Um, like men or women tend to read books, but then I guess yeah. the people I'm around. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't really put it down. And also, I think in Somali household we have this whole culture of like not speaking for every single household. Once again, as the voice <laughs> could be dangerous. But, yeah, it could be dangerous. But you know, like my mum thought the biggest movement of my life when I was like 15, 16 was Tracy Beaker. She's like, yeah, yeah. sure, and stop reading the books. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah why are you reading this is not beneficial to you but i think the benefit may not be like in addition or science or you know everything else that you know, yeah. makes sense but the benefit might be just challenging your brain a little bit differently so i yeah, think it's of course. a powerful thing yeah no i mean for me personally i think it's a very endearing thing like especially because how i realized it was when we first started this uh you know inspiring the reading and stuff like that and when we put it out the first like people that it reached and the first people that saw it initially were like the sisters and uh and it was like okay this is like it was that like, you could see like there was a lot more avid like podcast groups uh, other podcasts that are really into reading um into that and I was like oh wow this is actually kind of cool how um like it felt almost like every other person that you would talk to was a reader would be able to have an engaging conversation about reading and obviously the importance of it. Um, and I think one of the importance of it, like you said, was expanding your mind. 
Um, and I think you mentioned before that, you know, it, it helped with your storytelling. And were you into writing just as much as reading? Um, I wouldn't say in like growing up. I mm-hmm. was... Did you go through your spoken word phase? Yeah, I did. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a right passage for all someone else to go But I didn't, <laughs> I, it wasn't eventually, it was more like just words. It was never. Yeah, you know, like well, of course, of course. It never made itself to like public platforms. So yeah, just, no, there's no, there's no judgments here. Of no, course. no, one hundred percent. But I was just like, yeah. I was way too scared for it. Um, yeah. Which is irony now because I do a job where I'm like in front of people. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely think like um, books and stuff have helped to like some type of degree, um, especially when I was like now that I'm a lot older. But growing up, I was just very much like the sporty type. Um, yeah. I wanted to be outside. Um, love to be involved in anything that was like messy and like, fun. Yeah. like whether it was playing football, okay. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. netball, or um, rounders, baseball. Yeah. It was a thing in Denmark. I realized that baseball's not a thing here. But anyway, baseball. Did you say? Yeah, we did a lot of baseball. Yeah, nah, nah. No, okay. nah, no such thing. No such <laughs> thing here. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yes, I don't think I had so much contribution to. I guess. The th- like it didn't lead so much to my writing until I was a lot older and yeah. I think the skill of reading and the skill of writing were very two different things because I actually didn't realize how bad of a writer I was until I started <laughs> working towards being a journalist okay yeah, yeah, yeah. first articles I ever submitted to my like wonderful line manager at the time yeah. like, Anna Kessel she's like a sport journalist like hero of mine um yeah I think the first article I submitted to her was based on Ramadan and it was around okay. like interviews a bunch of different women. Yeah, yeah. Either they were fasting or they weren't fasting due to health yeah. reasons, various things. But I yeah. think I wrote it in like three different tenses, the whole article. Like it was first person, third person. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's going <laughs> so all out. It was all out. But I, yeah, I think yeah. um, what, I, what I loved about working with her and the team that I worked with that Telegraph Women's Sports is that I think they saw a, a natural interest for writing and a natural interest yeah. for reading, so they kind of helped nurture it a bit. Yeah. Uh, and I think the fact that I was like a really keen like reader and like I liked books, yeah. and articles, and I was just nosy. So I think that led <laughs> to my journalistic career, like it just sped up the process of writing and helped me get better quicker. Okay. Yeah. I think that you actually touched on quite a few interesting points there, um, especially when it came to like understanding your writing level um because i from my own experience i always as a kid for some reason i don't know who lied to me but i, I thought i was a pretty good writer um until i i showed my friend uh, mohammed i do the podcast with one of my um books like the first few chapters and like obviously he he cooked it essentially um, but in a, in a positive way, yeah. and then now when I kind of look back at it, I was I'm, I'm embarrassed. I even like showed him something like that. Like everything was off the grammar, all of that. So it's it's kind of like um, leading into this question. It's like uh, when they like obviously you wonder when your uh, line manager showed you where you went wrong and all these kind of things. Um, what mainly was it that you kind of took from that to improve your writing? Was it being concise? Was it like less words? Was it just um, your tenses, like you were saying? 
Yeah, I definitely, Tensus was a big one. I really needed yeah. to out from the day. Um, but I think what was for me was I, I think I took writing like reading in the sense mm. that I, I'm ha- I could happily read like a full book in a day. Yeah, yeah. I think on like a news article, you don't want to read that much. You would like to Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the interesting part. It's like translating, yeah. like writing. Let's say translating fiction to like articles is completely different. Yeah. An article is like it has to be concise in a way, concise, and it's like yeah. So as you were saying, because that, that's yeah. interesting. Because yeah, exactly. For me, it's always about understanding how writing in different platforms, even writing a blog post, can be so much different to like writing a newsletter. So like writing, like you said, an article. Yeah, and also like writing is subjective. I guess like someone could listen into this podcast and yeah. write a concise version of it and it would be one yeah. version of what someone else has written. So that yeah, was exactly, yeah. I'm sat with like people who are trusting me with their stories over a period of like 45 minutes. So how do you put that into like a thousand words? And yeah, just- that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was a big, but I think at first it was very much just like, trusting the creativity like letting me just write and write and write yeah. and like not putting like a word limit on me like I, I like at the time I also had like a really great editor as well who I remember like I, I once did an interview which was supposed to be a thousand words I think I yeah. submitted like 1,700 okay yeah like you're just enjoying your writing huh? yeah I was really going in on it so yeah. um yeah I think the art of like concising my words but also mm. not taken away from the story was something like every yeah. word has to be meaningful. That's the one thing yeah. I like yeah. working. And I'm really glad I went through that route of like being a or working amongst like writers and news yeah. reporters like who's like bread and butter is writing. Because yeah. you really learn how to tell stories in like a really important and efficient ways and you really make yeah. every word like meaningful or personal. You, know, yeah. you don't even waste it, sorry. Yeah. Um because that's like oh. Sorry, no, just to touch up on it, because it's uh, like for me, I always like to kind of um, understand the creative and writing aspects of of everyone, essentially, and seeing how they go about it. Um, and I always find, and like you said, the aspect of taking someone's story that they've told you. Um, sometimes when they tell you a story, how do they do it? Is it like through a voice note? Is it like an interview? And then you have to translate that into writing or is it you just kind of write up on their story from like things you've read uh it's it's a mixture of stuff so sometimes like if it's like a like a great like an interview that's been set up and we've had time to do it for example it would be like they might there might be an event or this person might yeah contact this person to do an interview so we'll go to meet them and we'll be sat down with them and it will be like even prior to the interview like just even the interaction you have before yeah. you kind of get a gist of like how to tell this story and sometimes like stuff like the movement and the interactions that they have um, yeah. you can use that in your writing so that was like something I learned a lot later is like trust oh, trying okay. to set the tone with what you're writing yeah, yeah. Um, and then but sometimes like it's not that it's not mm. like that's like be the best setup you can get and it's like every journalist dream yeah, but yeah. like you just need like a quote or a line from a person so you're just like voice note and be like okay this and this has come out like you know yeah this statement's come out this transfer news is happening yeah and you just and they voice note you back an answer and that's pretty much it so yeah, yeah. you have to work just, around that yeah that's the other extreme and for that one you'd have to find a lot of context and yeah. research outside of it mm. um but yeah it can be really mixed but i think the ones that i definitely 
like remember and I've enjoyed are the ones where I've had the chance to really, I guess, either interact with, with the person via, obviously, like it was COVID times when I started yeah. telegraphs, so a lot of it was via Zoom, but even okay, in person, yeah. those things, because um, you learn how to tell a story from even like from the moment you meet them to the moment you leave, it's not just yeah. there, which is quite nice. Oh, that's actually really, really interesting. I can't lie. That's actually hella insightful. Um, <laughs> like I said, it's like taking someone's story and then bringing it down to a thousand words. Because to be fair, a thousand words is pretty small. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not that much. Nice. So it's like, do you feel the pressure of having, like, letting maybe the person down of not really being able to tell their story or... Is it kind of like, okay, this is why I just have to do, I have to bring it down? Or do you kind of feel that sort of guilt, I guess, of like, okay, wow, well, let me actually try and, you know, bring these words down? Yeah, definitely. Like, you'll get some people you interview um, and they'll have like so many quotes, which are all amazing. And you'll just like, I think. Like, which one do I use? Yeah, what do I use? Yeah. Like, I, I had a really, like, probably one of the most important interviews that I did for myself and like, and I really enjoyed it. I was interviewing Ramla Ali, who obviously yeah, okay, yeah, the boxer, yeah, 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 yeah. And we obviously spoke a lot about her story, but that was quite important to me because obviously shared experiences of both being some yeah. women, both being in sport, in yeah, But she just had so much good stuff to say, and it was like yeah. I spoke to her for like a good hour, and then I'm sat there oh, like, wow. like yeah. nine hundred. That's words. what I'm saying, like a whole hour worth of. Yeah, you so know, you stuff, feel yeah. Like a little bit pressure from it because I'm like, oh my god, like what she hates it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no one's told me they hate it yet. Good, um, alhamdulillah. Good. Um, was there ever like something great that you had to leave out because of like just story space? Oh yeah, there's been loads. Like there's like you know if just whether like you know you've I've told like if you've told a story and um, I'm trying to think of an example of who I've spoken to. Um, God, brain, brain first. Oh, so I spoke to like Lotta Ruben Moy, who's um Arsenal women and England defender. She's going to the okay. yeah, 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 which is great. And I did an interview yeah. with her and Ian Wright because they did some partnership work. Okay, um, yeah. Ian Wright, former Arsenal player. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. I feel like some people might just not know football. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have to clarify. Have to clarify for them. Yeah, yeah of course. Like, not anyway. Um. <laughs> I was about to out my friend who thought Ian Wright was a swimmer. Oh, Ian. that's disgusting. That's Ian disgusting. Is, by the way, Australian. So that, anyways, that's uh, like completely. The fact that you even call that person a friend still—that's ridiculous. <laughs> Great friend. Um, but yeah, so I think yeah. So they we interviewed them. It was in a community with like um, Hackney Laces. It's amazing, like yeah. group for young women in Hackney, and there was just so many good quotes and so many good moments. Yeah, I included it all, but. It was, I was like over my word limit by like eight. Yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, word limits has never been my strength. I've gotten better. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just, and I think it's also important just to have like work towards your strength. Like, I know my strength is telling a story and not necessarily yeah. like making it concise and maybe not yeah. behind it and all that type of nitty gritty stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Strength, which was the storytelling part. And I had good people around me. Like, I had great colleagues yeah. and great editors. Whenever I'd done a story, I'd be like, "Hey, cool, can you do you mind check it out?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I like, "What the hell?" And I'm, other times I'm like, "Actually, no, I didn't need that much work." And I'm like, yeah. "Sorry, in advance." <laughs> um, so yeah, that's probably like the only time where I felt like, "Oh my god, there's so many moments I wanted to add into this piece." Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Um, but I think overall it was a good piece. 
um and I think they're like they're like no one's got back to me to say otherwise so say, I what believe, the hell's going on yeah I always believe in journalism if no one says anything to you like if it's silent that's a good yeah thing, okay usually, yeah whereas if someone comes back to you it's usually because you've messed up something yeah it's is wrong yeah 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 <laughs> I've never it's always been very quiet <laughs> so, yeah anyway I think that's probably the only time where I've been like yeah I could add to this but I can't and it's so annoying um you should have like just like a little backlog somewhere where you just put all the stuff. I should have. I did. I moved and I did all, all years ago. I've got like nah. stuff like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Forward, I think I might do that. But now, so to kind of go back again to your uh, background as well into uh, into reading, um, a lot of that was obviously even now you mentioned um, like adding like storytelling was your strongest aspect. And I kind of wanted to knew, to uh, wanted to know from you, like, what to you makes a good story? Like, what ingredients do you kind of look for that, you know, makes you go, oh, wow, okay, I'll sit through this? I, oh, God, that's quite hard. Uh, I think yeah, I'm, I'm throwing it all out at you today. It's going to go <laughs> I think something that hasn't been told, something that's been told in a way, like, you haven't heard it before. Like, I'm, I quite like learning something new yeah. about people. So... Um, again, and I think also storytelling and reading and everything else is so subjective, like what I might yeah. like, you might not like, or someone else That's might not true. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me personally, I love to hear something a little bit different, something that you just mm. wouldn't expect yeah. uh, from a person. So I guess in the context of the field I work in, like I'm speaking to an athlete, professional footballer, they live yeah. in football, but yeah. I don't know, they might play the guitar in their spare time and nobody knows. Yeah. They might be learning different languages. Yeah. <laughs> random bits of information I think it's quite nice um and I think actually not talking about the subject that much like I think what mm. makes a good story is like everyone likes context everyone likes to feel like they know the person they're watching and they know the yeah. person that like you know they're reading about they want to yeah. feel like this person is next to them so being able to really like wholly sell it and mm. tell them about, I guess their childhood their experiences what they love yeah. they hate, um that type of stuff so mm. yeah I think everything but the subject I think is quite important in, in a storytelling it's like kind of focus on all the extra bits and really make the reader or the person who's viewing it feel like this is their friend or this is someone is, yeah 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 that they're just part of the combo that two yeah, people are exactly. going through yeah um and so well, obviously you being young and then coming up was getting into journalism always kind of what you wanted or did it kind of just happen uh, I definitely say it kind of just happened. Yeah, because was... one thing I've realised, especially from interviews and stuff like that, is that a lot of people um, end up in a different direction to how they started out, you know, yeah. which is always very interesting because that's why I always find it's so difficult. As kids, you're told to know what you want to yeah. be and then to, like, obviously set goals for it and whatnot. And I guess it helps to a certain extent, but I don't know if there's ever a point where you go, okay, this is what I want to be yeah and then you go and, and then you just stay you know so like i wanted to know your route to i guess be becoming a, a journalist yeah I'll definitely and eventually that. to sports yeah i think it was definitely like not your typical route like i didn't set out to be a sports journalist or a journalist yeah. I, I know like i don't know about you but i know in my household you were only expert exposed to certain fields and professions so Oh, doctor and lawyer. Yeah, doctor, lawyer. If you didn't make the cut, maybe a teacher. Like, if, you, maybe. <laughs> if your grades weren't so promising, maybe other things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't even, like, I think as a kid, I couldn't even tell you how people became journalists or, and I didn't even know, like, 
this was the depth of journalism like there's so many different yeah. but I I was definitely someone that just tried a lot of stuff and yeah. I have a tendency of like if I get bored I just switch jobs yeah so, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I was this is like, going out on air everyone's gonna yeah, know this <laughs> not, not planning on switching from sky sports news <laughs> love it so much more. yeah um but i was definitely yeah as a, as a like i'd say definitely in my late teens coming to like my early 20s and i didn't know what i wanted to do and like i was going to uni but i wasn't sure about being at uni all this type of stuff yeah. i just jobs a lot like i did everything i worked at like a school and because like, i thought i was going to be a teacher and then like yeah. you know, much work behind this I was like I can't do this I yeah. um, worked for like charities at a youth centre which I love so that's probably the only job that I thought oh my god I could do this for a career um, yeah in the youth centre now because they've all left okay yeah 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 and yeah <laughs> and they're like lovely but um I worked at a call centre I worked like in like, random stuff like I can't yeah. believe how much bizarre stuff it was um <laughs> bizarre stuff. yeah like just why am I just picturing you even working underground on top of the like I worked, I worked like I think it was like a six month rot- I think I had like a six month rotation for about four years of my life like yeah about eight jobs so okay like, yeah yeah just really out there yeah. I was doing TA work then I went to do a call center then I worked for a charity yeah with schools like telling everyone to walk and cycle everywhere which was really yeah. random yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, I worked at my council. I worked in sports development. I just worked for so many things. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I loved it in the moment, but I just didn't see myself doing this. And everyone, yeah. career-wise, like if you speak to colleagues, especially when you work with them in this industry, they they will all tell you, like you know, oh my god, I love it here, or someone, yeah. you know, I hate it here. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like you know, when are you planning on moving? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, but how? Like, how can you be somewhere you don't like for that long? Yeah. So I think yeah, the fear of that was like being stuck in some, something I didn't like and yeah. accepting it because it paid the bills or it, it yeah. do everything else. So I think that fear drove me into just finding something I liked, which eventually yeah. ended up like journalism, um, yeah. which was great. And then, yeah, once I found something I liked, I just became like an overworker, mm. a yes man. Like I did, I was always available. Like anything, you're just ready for it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i'll make it for you um alhamdulillah, like alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, all of that obviously led to like yeah. a great community and a like, great place where i am but yeah i think just try and try try and trial and yeah. error that's literally how i describe my life trial and error try the whole, your whole life <laughs> now but one thing i will say though is that is that it is a good quality i guess to have that um even like you might not even see it as a big thing, but it kind of is the ability to kind of move away from something you don't like. Yeah. A lot of people will just keep themselves there regardless of, like you said, because they have to pay the bills, because they have to do X, Y, Z. But the ability to actually leave and seek discomfort um, by doing something that you know you're not ready for just yet or like leaving somewhere that's a bit secure to then go and pursue what you want is is actually kind of like, the high key very good like it's like it's i'm glad i'm glad it worked out for me i don't think my mum would have said the same like i would have been absolutely yeah but like i think everyone kind of that ends up where they kind of want to be are ones that are willing to you know leave a certain place or uh, risk something by not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow but knowing okay this is the direction i'm going to take towards you know finding what i want and obviously i'm there for you it eventually 
it, it happened, you know? Yeah, alhamdulillah. And I also think it's like, for me, it was very important. I was, alhamdulillah, so, so fortunate I was around yeah. good people. So, yeah. like, I went, I started at AXR with like a charity called Together as One as a volunteer. And yeah. I started running a girls group with them. Um, and like, my colleague became my best friend from that group. And yeah. My boss at AXR for Rob became like, my guide on telling me like giving me the yeah. you know telling me like okay cool if you come in this morning you can go and like do go to this event in the afternoon or maybe yeah. go to this sports function that day he was so flexible because he kind of knew like I wanted to do something different but I didn't know what it was but I also yeah, was yeah. at the same time so I yeah. think alhamdulillah like having someone in the midst of all of that that was just like and allowing you to grow and allow yeah yeah allow you to kind of feel out and space out yeah. to see what whilst giving you that security of still having what you're yeah, currently it, doing I'm like, it was so good because whilst being here like i really appreciate the job and i i love yeah. being here and i like you know i'm sure up to girls group like be like oh my god this is amazing and i love all yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean like i'm so enthusiastic for it because like yeah alhamdulillah like rob and everyone else on the team just really made a conscious effort to just allow yeah. that space and it's probably why I know, like a lot of people that come to you that, or have been part of this youth center just never leave. It's like a yeah. It's like once you become an AXAF employee, you never really leave. Yeah. Um, and what what does the youth uh, charity? What does it do? Yeah. So um, AXAF is a charity. Well, together as one actually, because it's just called Together as One now. Um, it yeah. means AXAF means together as one in Hindu, Urdu, and Punjabi, and it's okay. originally around like the conflict around um, the South Asian communities in the late 80s slash early 90s. And then since then, it's developed to just helping young people in the local community. So they have yeah. groups around like a girls group, which like focuses on mental health awareness, self-esteem, yeah. like, you know, and really supporting very vulnerable girls. And especially with the, the boys group, they work with boys who are targeted youth offenders. Um, they honestly cover everyone, like whether you are yeah. low in confidence, whether you need work experience, whether you are from a vulnerable background, whether you're a young carer, like yeah. with everyone. So yeah, alhamdulillah, like being part of that network um, really helped. And it's probably why, like, it's been five years since I left my job and I'm still coming back all the time. Yeah, 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 really enough. Yeah. No, but, but obviously it's amazing. And you can kind of see why you would come back because of the environment that it kind of gives you. Yeah, and and obviously being the backbone in towards you reaching where you are now, um, and then to move your story along essentially. So now you've become a, a sports journalist. Was it all a journalist? Was it first at Sky or was it somewhere else before you kind of got to Sky? Um, I originally worked at, so I did a lot of freelance work before I stopped at the Telegraph. So I... yeah did a podcast, I did some freelancing work at Give Me Sports, and then I got an opportunity to work with Telegraph for their Telegraph yeah. Women's Sports Desk. Um, and although my role initially started as social media editor, I think because yeah. I only found something that I really enjoyed and I wanted to excel in, I was like, yeah. eager beaver, like, can I write this story? Give me anything, yeah, 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 of course. So this is my blog, and I don't even, I wasn't great, like I was terrible at first, but <laughs> like grew in confidence, grew in ability, yeah. growing knowledge and growing contacts and all of those things yeah. um yeah eventually led me to a point where i was like i want to do something a bit different mm. i still stay within the industry which i feel like is the first adult decision i ever made in my life okay <laughs> yeah let me just stick this industry out alhamdulillah um yeah and then an opportunity i just gambled i guess i yeah i'm hosting the stuff for us <laughs> <laughs> took the risk 
Yeah, no, that's also good. But freelancers in like you didn't know when the next client would be, or is it kind of yeah, like yeah. like that? Yeah. yeah. So like I yeah handed in. I remember handing my notice, serving up my notice period, and not having any projects coming up. You so. really are a risk taker. Yeah, but alhamdulillah, <laughs> alhamdulillah, when the time the job came out and not so yeah, yeah. Like, alhamdulillah, just, of course, it worked out. Like I was only really itself a freelancer for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into employment. Um, yeah. Like some people just need to be told in life what to do and they need to yeah. work with yeah, them. Of course. And I found yeah. like an organization that is great in terms of development and I really align with and Sky's got great opportunities the same way that the Telegraph had. And yeah, yeah. I still have great people around me on both sides, alhamdulillah. Yeah. But, um, Was yeah. it Telegraph that you uh, left and then became a freelancer for? And then became a freelancer, or was it before you left Telegraph? Became no, a freelancer? I left Telegraph. Was supposed to become a freelancer for this guy, like found up. Oh, this, yeah, 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 yeah. My freelancing dream was like three weeks long. <laughs> three weeks long, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, alhamdulillah. No, of course, and and then how was it when you finally kind of got into to Sky? Because obviously Sky is has been around. Because obviously I'm a big sports fan, and uh, obviously I'm sure you are, and. Sky has just been kind of like that viewing platform for sports for the longest time that I know anyway. Yeah. So how was it kind of like when, you know, you've done your freelancing for obviously three weeks, you've done your part of the Telegraph and then you're kind of getting into sports and journalism. And then here comes like probably one of the biggest sports journalism companies that there is. How are you feeling when you kind of got that opportunity? Um, I definitely... I think I was definitely shocked. Um, yeah. I, I remember being like, are you sure which yeah. like, you should ever tell someone like when they offer you a job? Yeah. Like, like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a bad moment for my part. I just <laughs> really like, wasn't expecting it. But, um, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. No, it was yeah. Um, no I, I don't, I think I don't really, I wouldn't say I knew what to expect. I think. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss sometimes. Like, I yeah. kind of just sometimes just, you know, blind, blindly walking through life. So, yeah. into Sky, I had like huge ambitions and I knew like Sky is definitely a place I could do it. And I knew that lots of people that had worked for Sky or continue to work at Sky that I'd reached out to and spoken to and who'd like give me a lot of good advice. So, I think when I came into it, I was just really excited. Um, yeah, and just really keen. And again, like, yes. Like a yes, yeah. I'm like, I'll do anything. So yeah, anything whatever you need. Like, yeah. Of course I'm an expert at cricket. Why am I doing <laughs> um, Yeah, don't ever, ever oversell a sport that you don't know. I learned the hard way. Um, yeah, nah, I can imagine. Yeah. Especially when people are like, okay, now write about it. And you're like, yeah, oh. So, um, no, alhamdulillah. And obviously like, I've not been at Sky very long. I've only been here for a year. or coming up yeah. to a year. But alhamdulillah, like, I think in, in the time that I've been, I've really like, learned loads interact with those people learn a lot about different sports and yeah. and really i guess learn the skill set of being a reporter and a journalist for some of the best like in the yeah. industry um and some of them have been there for like 20 odd years like yeah five plus and it kind of makes my one year seem very insignificant but yeah, a little bit of hope that alhamdulillah i'll eventually know what i'm talking about yeah yeah 
No, because I mean, obviously, I think it's 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 amazing. Um, even some of the stuff that you do, uh, some of the topics that you even cover, like the the book on with with Stormzy as well. Um, I feel like for me personally, it's always there. I don't know if you've come across an Instagram channel. I mean, page called uh, Somali Athlete. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So like their page, um, the the coach Ikra, coach Ikra. Uh, I think that's yeah. their Instagram handle. Yeah, yeah. So like, like always seeing even Ramal Ali. Like always seeing, like. I feel like now this generation that's coming up, like our sort of generation, are getting more and more into like the mainstream spaces than we've ever done before. Um, like obviously you even got chunks who's like now at like soccer aid and you know. So for me, like it's always like heartwarming to kind of like see you especially excelling up there. Um and 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 obviously you represent yourself very well. And I wanted to know on the flip side of that is like were there any moments of like self-doubt in, in, in the whole process? Or was there a moment where you like maybe had to cover a topic or something and then be on camera and you was like, Oh, I don't really know if I'm quite ready for this. Uh <laughs> Sorry, my friend who I was telling you about, the Ian Thorpe is actually oh, in the room. So Oh goodness. Goodness <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I hope she hasn't said another random fact that isn't true. <laughs> no, no, she hasn't. Um, I think probably um learning or having to talk about sports I didn't know a lot about. I think you know, the side of being like having not that women in the industry, not that women. Yeah. That many black women, not that many yeah. women. It's just a very small. You're like a minority within a minority. Within within, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I had a very tendency of being like, of course I can do anything. I'm great at everything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Lie, because no one is. <laughs> so yeah, being in situations where I probably don't know much about the sport I'm yeah. talking about. So I think I've learned, alhamdulillah, to manage expectations a lot better but um, yeah. yeah I think a sense of imposter syndrome is definitely like what you naturally get in this type of industry to begin with yeah. um, but alhamdulillah you grow out of it grow out of it I think that's like hikmah and everything you eventually do and you learn that yeah. things just take a little bit of time a little bit of yeah, pace no, of like, course, yeah. everything in two months I can cover in like yeah. years yeah. you know what it sounds like because I, I, I interviewed um, another Sky Sports presenter um they used to cover hockey, ice hockey back in the day. Um, and um, he was talking about, uh, called Nick, and he was talking about essentially um, how when he was kind of getting into, because it's interesting that you said the, the imposter syndrome, because he said that he, when he got into it, he was also felt the same. Yeah. Um, and also covering topics that he wasn't necessarily that great at just to be able to, you know, I guess kind of like you were saying to just cover and due to eagerness and he was saying that his level of i guess um imposter syndrome actually kind of led him down a like sort of dark road um where he ended up you know like drinking and stuff like that um whereas obviously i'm not hoping that on you <laughs> um, uh, and uh you know he's he's a great guy and the way he even speaks is amazing but um i wanted to kind of be like uh I feel like for you, mashallah, you you still have that 
hold of obviously your dean nothing really felt feels like it's essentially um would get in the way of you i guess despiraling in such a way but can it get to a point where um it can take a toll on mental health being i guess in that space uh yeah i think so there's definitely an aspect of feeling like you're falling behind um yeah you know the news cycle moves very quickly like yeah i'm like the same way that a manager will get sacked today and will be in the news today and you know and something else will happen tomorrow so yeah yeah you take a week off and feel like you've missed a complete news cycle and you you just feel very out of the loop yeah naturally it does sometimes create a habit of like overworking and actually obviously gets you very tired and you get burnt out like domino effect style so yeah, I think breaking that habit um, has been like really important. But alhamdulillah, mm. like I'm really grateful that I'm around. Like, yeah. 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 Also remind me that you know it's it's literally just a job at the end of the day. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it looks like a your, very mature outlook on it. Yeah, I think having your feet on the ground in that aspect and realizing you know like alhamdulillah the same way that it was given to you is the same way that it can be taken away from you. Yeah. Like, so just like I'm trying to enjoy it more and not yeah. overthink it and not be like oh my god. Yeah, no, of course. Get the next opportunity when, like, there's always loads of opportunities. Yeah, and obviously, I feel like uh, following along your your storyline, it's like you being someone that's able to then just leave jobs like that. Um, I don't just leave jobs. No, no, obviously not like that. Let me not. <laughs> let me not make it so blunt. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's like it that that fear that would usually be over the heads of people of like are losing this is like everything and I feel like wouldn't necessarily be as strong towards you because you were able to move away from something let's say that you didn't like um like I feel like for me one of the most courageous things people can do is go into freelancing because at that point you're like okay all my eggs are in my own basket it's not even someone else's basket that's like like everything is on you at this point um and i feel like someone that can have that mentality to is, is a good one to help you i guess keep grounded in in understanding that this is just a job um like you said and i was going to ask is there has there been anything currently that has that you've really enjoyed or because i don't really say what's your best moment so far because i feel like that's very broad and very vague yeah. um but anything recently that you've kind of covered that you really enjoyed? Anything recent that I've covered that I've enjoyed? Um, I'm like getting lot. your teeth stuck into it. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been on a lot of leave lately, so maybe not right now. But what <laughs> I did uh, really enjoy and really I think was like an important part of storytelling is like sharing stories from your own community and your own culture, yeah. faith and background. So. Ramadan was like the one thing I really looked forward to in the sporting calendar was like talking to athletes yeah. about Ramadan. So I spent a fair share of my time going to like open iftars and, you know, talking yeah. to athletes and players about what Ramadan means to them. And I think for me, it was like also like a really informative process because, you know, like I think my version of what Ramadan means to me is a very like singular look at yeah. other people's perspective. Like, oh my God, that's, you know, that's really yeah. important. That's great to hear. So, yeah, I definitely think throughout the month of Ramadan. Especially really, someone in like the sports world that's like having to play throughout it. Yeah, definitely. So being able to hear lots of different perspectives around like what Ramadan means to them, I think was really good. And I really enjoyed doing that over a period of like what, four weeks. 
Yeah. Are you able to share one story? That's uh, like, because I always find it fascinating in terms of how they are able to play through it. So, know? yeah, I spoke, I spoke to Saeed Benrama, Kurt Zuma, and Naif um, at West Ham, literally yeah. during Ramadan. It was like an open iftar that West Ham were hosting, and yeah. Hamza Soko plays for West Ham women's team. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we all spoke about Ramadan importance, but what was really nice is like, it was only the interview was only supposed to be with Saeed Benrama and Kurt Zuma. Yeah, just was walking past and he just happens to join in. And like that interaction of them talking about like you know brotherhood and what what means to them and how you know I think sometimes you don't take or what we the things that we appreciate about Ramadan is like family and being able to good and be around people and you know a lot of these professionals don't have that because they move countries they're on contracts very unpredictable so making a family out of like the circumstance you're in so yeah. Yeah, that was quite good i really enjoyed listening or just seeing that interaction unfold and trying to yeah. catch it. um it was really good that's actually a good point you know because ramadan essentially a lot of it is family yeah exactly. like, i can't i can't picture ramadan without family without yeah, exactly. some boost and you know like your your mom there your family there everyone there ready to eat so that's actually an interesting point like in terms of like also like because they might have to be traveling as well so it would just be what like they're just breaking fast in the in a hotel room and then they're not necessarily think good i was going to say um if you had currently anything that you was working on or anything for you that's coming up or anything that you're excited for um i wouldn't really know if there's anything exciting that i'm working on in that sense yeah. Um, but I'm excited for the Women's World Cup yeah. <laughs> in July. So yeah, covering that. Obviously, it's in Australia, so it's a lot of early morning, like nine a.m. football watching, um, yeah, like that. But I'm excited to cover or be involved in the coverage of that. Yeah, um, which will be great. And yeah, I guess just for the season to start again. Yeah. Um, football. Is like, like, what happens usually, like though, when the season's like finished? Is it just oh, no, transfer no. news or is it still no, there's like... obviously lots of other projects to do and lots of other yeah. stories. Um, but some of the sports might not be to my strength so I'm yeah. going for football to come back. Nah, of course, of course. But obviously the, the Women's World Cup, of course, oh, yeah. is right up your alley. That's, yeah, that's going to be huge. I'm really excited for that. Um, like the Euros is just such an amazing experience. And it was yeah. Such a, like, alhamdulillah, I got to Sky at such a good time because I started oh, yeah, yeah. for the Euros. Okay, Wembley. yeah, that must have been yeah. amazing to see, especially yeah. when. Did you go to the Wembley thing or no? Yeah, I went to Wembley. We did like an amazing live show. Yeah. Final where I was like just like word vomiting how great this moment was. Yeah. yeah alhamdulillah, probably like the um, women's World Cups will be the one thing I'm looking forward to this yeah, yeah. few months or the next month yeah. actually. Next month, yeah, yeah, literally, literally. But listen, Faluma, it's been amazing to have you on. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's been so insightful. I feel like. Um, especially not just storytelling but also writing because uh, yeah. we got a few writers in our in our in our group and um, yeah, definitely. writers are a, a rare but great breed <laughs> great yeah now nah, of course and and on top of that it's like everyone has i think the amazing part is everyone has their own voice and it does take a bit to get to that voice but um that's the amazing part of it, it's the journey to get to that and developing your craft but on top of that just who you are as a person Marsha, like see you're very humble um you know you carry yourself very well <laughs> and uh you're doing amazing stuff for for our community and like we're, we're very very proud of everything that you're doing 
and everything you've achieved so far. So I'm happy beyond words that you you're you're so gracious yeah. enough to to spend time to, to speak to us. No, honestly, I had a great time. Thank you guys Obviously, for having me. I know it's just you today, but I know there's a whole team behind us. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. And and definitely we'll have a, a round two uh, when yeah, everyone kind of comes yeah. back, inshallah. And we'll see how your journey's developed along if you haven't, you know, yeah. left. No, I haven't left. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at start tomorrow. Yeah. Now, Joe, but thank you very much for, for coming on. We appreciate yeah. you very much. Thanks for listening to the Paper Trails podcast. If you like this episode, please leave a review, comment, like, and subscribe. And be sure to follow us on all our socials. Keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. See you at work.